Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Stop what you're doing and listen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the show. You know what it is. This is Mount Draftmore. I'm Ben Jammin. I'm joined by the regulars, Matt and Dylan. Hello. Hello there. And today, we're conducting a draft, as we always do. Movies from 2012. You're like, what an obscure year. It's got great films, so we're going to draft them. Also, a lot of people thought the world was going to end that year. So is their last-ditch effort at making great cinema. Yeah. Yeah. Some really good movies actually came out in 2012. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Solid year. And we're going to dissect them all. All of them. All 12 of them. (laughs) Yeah, but before we can dive deep into this film catalog, we need to roll the dice. Oh, shoot. Matt, you roll. All right. Matt is starting us off. He blows on the mic like it's dice. 22. 22. 22. God. That's a lot better than the three. Ben, you want to roll next? Yeah, give me a toss. Boom. Right back at you, baby. Off the water bottle. 20. Oh, my God. Let's go. Can Mr. D make it happen? Bessie, come on, baby. Let's go. One. One. Just just one. Just a one. Damn. I'm okay with that. It takes off the pressure going first. I'm wondering what Matt's going to pick with the first pick. Like, truly. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple different directions because, like, there are a few, like, what I would classify as, like, the A-list movies that came out in 2012. Bangers. You always, like, you are one of the, I feel more than anyone else in the draft room, you'll say, ah, this is like a 1A, 1B situation. It kind (laughs) of, I think that's the case. It kind of is for me because there's two in my brain right now. It's just a matter of which one. But, you know, I got to do it. I got to go with the Avengers. Yep. Someone had to take it. Had to be taken. Wait, really? Yep. Going Avengers, the Avengers is 2012? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Wasn't even in my one category. Mm. Dude. Wow. Oh my God. What a film. Wow. I mean, it's the Marvel team-up movie. Like, legitimately, this is this is the beginning. You know I'm a sucker for things that set up other things, but... <laughs> like legitimately, this movie was awesome on its own. Like, just the whole them coming together and trying to work to you know figure things out. Like everything had been building to this, and finally all hell's breaking loose in New York. Thanos is finally making his move, and Loki's being a little pawn in it. And just you got Captain America kicking ass, Hulk's kicking ass, Hawkeye's kicking ass, Tony's kicking ass, Black Widow. Like it, everything, this movie is just fun and it's good and it's Marvel and it's just. I remember going and seeing theaters, being like, "Wow, I've never seen like a superhero team up movie like this. Like this is the first time I'm seeing something, and it was it was pretty damn good. Like it was invigorating. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the movie that sold me on Marvel being interesting. Like before that, I'd seen some Marvel movies, but you know, and gone, oh, you know. But that that was the movie that I was like, oh, this this is special. So uh, can I do the IMDb description? Go for it, yeah. Earth's mightiest heroes must come together and learn to fight as a team if they are going to stop the mischievous Loki and his alien army from enslaving humanity. Loki, what a great villain. All right. No, he, he's charismatic. You know, you, there's definitely elements where you kind of get, like, the supernatural aspect of this. And but you also have, like, the grounded, like, Captain America's real dude. He's running around. He doesn't really have, like, same thing with Iron Man, but yeah, I don't know. There's not really a great way to describe it. In fact, that like this was a great movie, and for 2012, like you're telling me this isn't one of the best 2012 movies? Come on, it's, it is hands down one of the best 2012 movies. Yeah, no, I can't disagree. I thought you I were going to disagree for a it. second. Yeah. I didn't even think about the Avengers. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Damn, that's so like a one A, one B, one C. Yeah. We, we all get a top pick. That's crazy. We'll see where Dylan goes with it. Avengers was a pretty key movie. Yeah. It's important. Like, really important movie. Yeah. Notably. Notably. I, it is 19 on this list I'm looking at online. Uh, 19. On and this list I'm looking at, it's like 47. 
Damn. I had to scroll so deep. I don't know what the stats are. Uh, let me see if I can find it about like how much money it made though. Like it, it was it, for sure. I mean, top earner. Uh, $623.28 million. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. It was in theaters for a long time, too. Gross. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it made yeah. a lot of money. That's for sure. Well, I'm curious where you're going to go. Yeah, where are you going? Well, I didn't... Okay, so here's the thing. It's between these two movies, and I thought you were going to pick one of them, and that would pick for... Like, you would yeah. pick for me. But now that you didn't pick either of them, now I'm sitting here... And I can hear Dustin in the back of my head because I know how he feels about one of these two. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Because he doesn't like that director. I know. Yep. That was that was my one uh, C. Oh, oh, I yeah, know you what y'all are talking one. about. Yeah. yeah, I I I love that movie. I love it's so Django. good. Yeah, yeah. Are you I'm, picking it? Yeah, Django and Chain. But I'm a sucker for a good Western. And so, yeah, I realized that. He's like, I'm just not a big fan of uh, Tarantino. Yeah. There's, like, some gratuitous violence, which, you know, isn't. That's, like, Tarantino's style, though. Like, it's always gory. Exactly. Yeah. It's gory, and I would say it's empowering. The movie itself is empowering. I mean, just, like, he's a bounty hunter. Like, that's just badass. Like, it's just a good spaghetti Western. Yeah. It's all about revenge and just, like, taking people out. And you're like, yeah, they deserve to die, and I hope they burn in hell. And <laughs> if it's got Jamie Foxx in it, like, I'm oh, down. Christoph so Waltz. Waltz. Oh, God, he's so underrated. He's so great. Yep. Everything he does is awesome. Samuel Bro, Jackson's in Yep. I love the DiCaprio's in it. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah, that movie's a banger. It's stacked. Oh, and the 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 classic Tarantino zoom in on DiCaprio's face the first time you see him. Oh my god, Mister Candy. Yeah, right? Calvin yep. Candy. Calvin Candy. Yeah. Consider me intrigued. Oh my god, dude! What a villain! Another great villain, Leo DiCaprio. Um, apparently on set he had a. A rough time. He has to say the N-word yeah. a million times. I think, I, you know, any of us would struggle with that. Yeah. You know, um, so they had to coach him and work him up in order to just get him to say it convincingly. Man, I could just watch that movie. I did oh, the other so day. It's so good. It's a, it's a classic one where, like, if it comes on TV, like, I have to watch it. You know? Oh, yeah. You all have that, like, Rolodex of movies where you're like, I can't skip this. It's Django. It's so good. It's really good. Is it the best Tarantino? I guess that's another draft. You know, is it the best Tarantino movie? It's very good. I think it's my favorite. It's probably between that and Inglorious Bastards for me. That's, like, 1A, 1B. Man, 8, or, uh, shit. The Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight. That one's really good, too. That's a slow burn that I think wasn't as popular, though. But it's very good. slow burn. I like that it all... I like films where they happen all in one place. It's in, yeah. it's in a room. And so since yeah. It, yeah, you get to see like a lot more acting range from someone mm-hmm. in one room than if the scene's changing around them. It's yeah. true. Um, Kill Bill, probably my personal favorite. Oh, I'll, yeah. Both Kill Bill 1 and Kill Bill 2 are killer. Dude, I still want to see Tarantino do Star Trek. He's been saying for years now, like, oh, well, it's it might happen. You know, like he needs crazy. to do like a space movie. That's like the one thing he hasn't done mm-hmm. yet. Well, shit, they're giving everyone else a Star Wars yeah. movie. Give him a Star Wars movie, dude. A Tarantino Star Wars movie? Holy shit, dude! A Tarantino <laughs> Boba Fett movie? Oh, oh my, oh my god. god! Yes. Someone listening to this soundbite that get it on the internet. You know how good that would be? Holy make it happen. hell! Because he like all the violence would fit. It would make Boba Fett. He would badass. be the badass. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And I mean, oh, dude, he did Django so well. Yeah, he could definitely do Boba Fett. Yeah, dude, a, a kind of like a buddy cop, like badass bounty hunter movie with like Black Kersantan. Him and Boba Fett just go through the galaxy, just straight narking people. You like, think, my goodness, would Disney ever in our lifetime allow a rated R Star Wars film? Mm, do you think? I don't Maybe. know. They're gonna do Deadpool. That's the thing. The Deadpool's the that's that's the litmus test, right? Like how they do that. But it's under the it's Deadpool is like semi under their their like Fox you know stuff right their Fox properties, so it's kind of shielded a little bit. Isn't yeah, it? but it's not like I bet you when 
Deadpool comes out, it's not going to have the 20th Century Fox graphic in front of it. No. I think, it, it just, I think now it just says 20th Century Films. And so it'll have that. It'll probably have Marvel and then maybe a little Disney logo. Disney you know. will promote itself. But damn, yeah. Django and Jane. That's, Django, such, that's such a good movie. It's so good. With the help of a German bounty hunter, a freed slave sets out to rescue his wife from a brutal plantation owner in Mississippi. Django. Like the soundtrack's bumping too. Django. It's so good. Yeah. Very good. Like at the end, he's they play like Rick Ross in there. Just got some Johnny Cash up in there. Fuck yes. It's so good. Yeah. That great mm-hmm. pick. Dude. You know, originally that movie was Will Smith was supposed to be Django. I'm glad he wasn't. But oh. that would have been a complete, that would have been like Wild Wild West part two. Yeah. Like he would have made it kind of corny. There would have been a lot of woos. He, you know? he ain't the right one. No. Jamie Foxx killed it. Absolutely killed it. Agreed. Bang. Smart. Smart, Thanks. smart. That was on my, my ABC list. All right. See if Dylan gets the, the well, other one. I've got two picks, and I think these are the next two biggest picks of two, of 2012, in my opinion, and I think backed up by numbers as well. Oh, shit. So I'm going first with... What numbers? Just, like, gross. Like, you know... Box office. Box office, gross. I mean, but does... Can, does box office, is that really, like, the only litmus test for, like, what is the best? No, no, no. And this is also backed by, like, anticipating the movie or um, really enjoying the movie, right? right? And having a good time. And so uh, these are both blockbusters I'm going to pick for my next two picks. So the first one I'll pick is The Dark Knight Rises. Yep. I had to pick it. Um, I love this movie. Um, obviously, come on, we all know the Dark Knight is superior. However, Dark Knight Rises, what a fitting end to the trilogy. And it does what all great movies do. Well, not all, but a lot of great movies do is at the end, it leaves you scratching your head. Like, what is the fate of Bruce Wayne? Is he alive? Is he dead? Right. And it has not one, but two good villains in it with a nice plot twist. A little misdirect. Yeah. Talia, uh, Talia. Raza Ghoul's daughter. Raza Ghoul, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay, here's the IMDb plot. Eight years after the Joker's reign of anarchy, Batman, with the help of the enigmatic Catwoman, is forced from his exile to save Gotham City from the brutal guerrilla terrorist Bane. And Batman, you know, he comes back, he thinks he's hot shit, right, in the police chase. You get all excited, get a little hard on for Batman in the police chase. Then he gets his ass fucking handed to him by Bane. Oh, Bane breaks his back. You think you are allied with the dark, but I was born in it. Like, wow, Bane. What a cool villain. Dude, he just, like, kills people for not doing their job correctly. Dude, he fucking just breaks Batman's back. Yeah. (laughs) He just does a WWE, like... A literal backbreaker on his ass. It... Yeah, in like the most epic fight, it's one of the most epic fight scenes in like in in superhero movies. Think about it; he's like down in that like it's in almost like a, like a sewer. cavern or yeah. something. Yeah, and there's just water pouring everywhere. It feels like a comic book scene for real. And he's it just does. getting his ass beat, picked up. Wah! Well, and he's like trying to hide in the shadows, and like Bane's like, "Nah, man, nah. You, you 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 can't use that. Yeah, you don't know how to use it." Yep. Tom Hardy ripped his shit. Like oh, I was he's huge. Dude. And and he's not like toned huge. He's just big. He's like, beefy. Yeah. He's big boy. Right? Um, and then uh Anne Hathaway is Catwoman. Very, very Sexy. good. Sexy. Mm-hmm. I think at this point she's been eclipsed by Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman, but Anne Hathaway up to that point, like oof, dude, her rendition of Selena Kyle and Catwoman, very, very good. And then Batman gets tossed in the pit, and he's stuck there. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. And he's got to find the willpower. He's got to conquer his fears to climb out of the pit. Yeah. Can't, that rope is too much weight. Yep. Got to gamble. Dude. Got to make, make the leap of faith, and he does. To this day, that scene makes me nervous. Every like, time. I don't think I would take that leap. Would you guys take that leap? I don't think I would. I don't know. Like... That's tough. It's so hard to say. Yeah. 
depends on your shape. The older you get, the less likely you're going to make it. True. I also like the little Easter egg there of Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. Like, his middle name's Robin. I like oh, that little, yeah. like, is he going to be the next Batman? Yeah. Seems like it. Mm-hmm. Should bring him in the multiverse, the DC multiverse. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. What an appropriate and non-cheesy way to do Robin as well. Like, they finally nailed it, in the, and no one ever talks about it like yeah. that, but they did nail it. Yeah, he's, he's not just running around wearing, like, a spandex and a cape. He's not, like, a 13-year-old. Yeah. Fucking acrobatics. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. One thing I wish that we did have was, like, a legit, like, Nightwing movie. Yeah, that'd be sick. Nightwing would just yes. be kicking ass. Like, you know, Dick Grayson in his, like, early to mid-20s. He's got nothing to lose. He's just out there just busting heads. Yeah. Batman's like, go do your own thing. All right. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be sick. But solid pick, though. Dark Knight Rises. It, it's it's not, obviously, the Dark Knight is the best movie, but this one's pretty darn good, too. And yeah. then it gets slept on. Yeah, you got to pick it. Great action in there. Great per- Great work. Great pick. That's the end of the first round. We got an ad for you, and then we'll be right back with round two, y'all. This is Mount Draftmore. Mount Draftmore. Like, Zoik Scoob, you got the munchies right now? Right, Raggy. You know what we need right now, old buddy? Right, Raggy. A Scooby Snack? Even better, Scoob. A super Scooby Snack. If you come down to Shaggy Shagmart... You can get your choice of Super Scooby Snack Edibles with a 2 to 1 THC to CDB ratio. Raggy? I know, Scoob. Shaggy Shagmart is located across the street from the abandoned Six Flags right next to the Motel 6 on the edge of town. Come down now and get your edibles today, man. Dylan, you're in the wraparound. Second pick. What do you got, buddy? Well, I'm going to have to go for what I think is the next big blockbuster of this year of 2012. And it's perhaps the best film in this franchise, uh, at least with this actor. And it is Skyfall. Mm, oh, James my Bond. God. I love Bond films. Bond films make me happy on the inside. Um, they're great. I love the sexy cars. I love the sexy men, the sexy women. I love the suits, the guns. Uh, I love going to sexy locales. Right? <laughs> sexy music. Sexy music. Like everything about Bond is sexy, right? Um, except where Sean Connery in those films is a little bit rapey sometimes. That's not sexy. But Sean Connery is still an iconic Bond. Anyway, this is not Sean Connery. This is Daniel Craig. So here is the, the little summary of this film, James Bond's loyalty to M is tested when her past comes back to haunt her. When MI6 comes under attack, 007 must track down and destroy the threat, no matter how personal the cost. Right. So this is Daniel Craig's Bond, and I just and of course Judy Dench. I think this is her last Bond film, if I'm correct. Yeah, Ray Fiennes takes over afterwards. Yep, and so that makes this even more important of a film, and it explores what I like about it is. It explores Bond's past and also how he's not just a perfect killing machine, right? He's very much so imperfect. Um, and 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 he he kind of reckons with some of his trauma from his past as, uh, God, I'm forgetting like the plot, but I think essentially he was an orphan, right? He, yeah, well, th- isn't it like where he, uh, at the end of the film he manages to get back to like his family's home in like Scotland or whatever. Yeah. And, but the main villain here is Silva and Silva was a former MI6 operative who got just thrown away and cast aside and like basically left for dead. So now he has like a, a vendetta to basically destroy M because she effectively like left him for dead and ruined his life. Mm -hmm. So then it becomes like a, a classic, like here's the big bad guy who's also making you think about like, 
the organization which we work for, but also who are you? Because like James Bond in this one, he's definitely like a broken guy himself because mm-hmm. he's trying to he's trying to learn all the like kind of like the dark secrets and see what you know MI six really is. Yes, and it's kind of like rotten from the inside, right? So, and, and I like that villain, <clears throat> right? They they cast Silva's him a great aside. villain, yeah. They cast him aside, and uh, he's played by Javier Bardem, who's amazing, yeah, amazing. But uh, what's kind of poetic about that is. They cast aside Bond at the beginning. Yeah, you know, um, like they had the shot to take to take to take down the bad guy, right? Um, and and M gave the order to shoot, and they missed because the shot was not guaranteed, and they hit Bond and basically abandoned him. Yeah, you know, uh, to have sexy times on the beach. Um, they didn't know he was alive, but you know, so I mean. It's not like MI6 has changed at all. Yeah. And Bond could easily have become Silva, right? If he didn't have the drive, I guess, to serve country. I'm not I'm not really sure at the end of the day what motivates him. I think it's loyalty yeah. to country. I think so. I think and, it, it's it's probably like personal um kind of like he he feels like obligated to do it. Yeah, but also loyalty to M as yeah, well. Yeah, that relationship. Yeah. He views her as a mother figure. Right, and so their relationship comes to a nice close at the end of this film as well. Well, it's because like remember when he's coming back into the fray, uh, he's like going through all these evaluations that are like he's not fit to do any of this. Like he's not, <laughs> and then M's just like whatever, put him back out there. Yeah, because she trusts him. Yeah, no, it's a good movie. No, it's probably one of the. Uh, if I was to think about Daniel Craig's Bond films, it's not the best one, but it's probably close to the top. For me. Oh man, really? Yeah. I would put this number one. I don't know. Spectre was pretty darn good. Spectre was good. Spectre was pretty good. And then the, the OG Casino Royale was great. That was good, but if you that go back great. and watch it, it doesn't, I don't know. It It's a little weird to go back yeah. and watch it. Still, as like his introduction one, it was pretty darn good. The, the new film was very good. Yeah, No Time to Die. Yeah. That was really good. Anyway, yeah. I love Skyfall. I'm putting that right there at my number two. Nice selection. Yikes! Second pick, Skyfall. I've never seen that, dude. Are you a Bond guy? Mm-mm. There you go. No, never been a Bond guy. I was a Goldeneye guy on the sixty-four, though. Mm-hmm. Let's oh, go! Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Django's a really good movie, guys. It is it a good is. movie. <laughs> good movie. Oh, I love it. So what movie are you going to pick next? Wreck-It Ralph was a pretty okay movie, but I don't think it's good enough to pick second. But I think the Pixar movie from that year, Brave, mm. I think that's worth picking up second. It's a great Pixar movie. Dude, it's so slept on. I feel like it's an underrated Pixar movie. The animation's beautiful. The colors are great. The landscape is amazing. The story is wonderful. There are bears. Yeah. Bears are great. <laughs> bears, bears are scary. <clears throat> They're also kind of cute. She single-handedly helps break their tradition, like a tradition that bred warfare. That's deep, bro. Yeah. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. It's a good movie. And she makes her own choice at the end. We've talked about that before on the podcast. Yeah. She makes her own choice in the end. That's the whole point. She's just got to make her own path, but she can't be pushing her family away while she does it. Right. No, Brave is awesome. I don't understand why people reject it, but it's it's a fantastic film. It's my second favorite Pixar film. What's your favorite Pixar film? Wally. Wally. Eva. That's the best Pixar film for sure. It's it's peak Pixar. It's very precious. Makes you, you know, gets you in the feels. That's a top pick for that year's draft. Brave is worthy of second on this team. Agreed. Agreed. Well, Matt. All righty. Uh, I'm going to go with The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. Ooh, a contentious pick. 
I hate that fucking series. <laughs> but uh, please, Matt, explain yourself. Well, see, yeah, justify yeah, your right. pick. Um, I don't think it's necessarily the best Hobbit, but when you're talking about movies that came out in this specific year, it was a great movie for 2012. Um, I really love the casting of Martin Freeman as Bilbo as like a young Bilbo. Like he's charismatic. He kind of embodies what like Bilbo's supposed to be. And they brought back, I mean, the, some of the classic hits here. You got Ian McKellen returning as Gandalf and it's the beginnings of the journey to, you know, basically at the very end of the trilogy, reclaim um, the mountain from Smaug, but they haven't quite gotten there yet. But this is more of like the development of like, who's the cast of characters, all the dwarves that want to get back to the mountain. Um, it's just like a good, you know, it, you kind of have like a lot of the Easter eggs. You eventually start stumbles across Gollum in the ring. And that's like, you're like, oh, that's how it happened. Got it. Cool. I appreciate that. Um, so obviously it's not the best, especially amongst like the Lord of the Rings and all the, like the Hobbits and everything like that. It's not the best, but 2012, this was a great movie. Like this was like, it's a fun watch. Um, it's a little bit more like lighthearted than the Lord of the Rings franchise. And you kind of appreciate like the jokes and the humor, and, like the physical comedy that goes along with all the dwarves kind of fumbling and bumbling over each other. So it's a good movie for 2012. It's the best of the Hobbit trilogy. And it has songs in it that are pretty dope. Yes. I think the casting was great. I think the cinematography is amazing. Like, it's overall pretty darn good movie. Worthy a pick for this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, as a lover, of like the Hobbit book is my favorite novel. It's so good. It's a fantastic piece of literature. I've read it many times. And so I think I was just really let down when I saw the films. Because they didn't, you know, the first film actually sort of captured the 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 novel a little yeah. bit. But, you know, there's some wacky stuff they add into the plot that was just clearly like filler to make three movies. Um, specifically, like the, the goblin villain. Um, anything to do with that guy on his, you know, I forget what you call, wargs or whatever. Um, chasing the Hobbit. Like, it, it was just a little silly. Yeah. Oh, um, it's absolutely silly. But still, still, you know, it, it's cool that it got made. Yeah. It'll do. <laughs> For 2012, it will do. For 2012, it'll do. That's going to take us into halftime, y'all. Halftime. talk about some stinkers from 2012 let's mm. pull it up what are the worst films of 2012 we're talking about that we're drafting the best but what are the worst oh man let's see let's see what we got here it, well you know i'll have to have heard of some of these to actually talk about them uh okay this never actually made it to theaters but and it didn't have the original cast in it. Atlas shrugged to the strike. Mm. Booty. It's got a twenty six meta score. I mean, that remake of Red Dawn. Atlas to shrug. Atlas shrugged to the strike. Yeah. I mean, IMDb says that there's a worse one. Oh, I'm sure there's a a worse one. Uh. The Devil Inside could contend for bad. Red Dawn. Yeah, that Red Dawn is so bad. Piranha 3DD. Oh, my God. 3DD. Oh, there's a movie called LOL. Oh, oh, I forgot they made that. Ooh, Adam Sandler. That's my, my boy. boy. Oh, that was supposed to be very bad. Oh, Battleship. Remember that one with that had Rihanna in it? That Yikes. was garbage. Oh, John Carter. John Carter was so bad. That was a really bad movie. Wow, that might be the worst one. That was a terrible movie. Was that so, bad? I'm surprised it's not on this list. What it was, was John so Carter? bad it wasn't even on the radar. Yeah. Oh, my God. John Carter was trash, which is a shame because it's a cool story. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. That's where the Martian, you know, they go to Mars. Yeah. Dude, that could have been such a cool movie. I saw it, and I was like, this has potential written all over it, and they just fucked it all up. Oh, for sure. IMDb says that the worst film of 2012 was A Thousand Words. I've never even heard of it's, it. It's starring uh, Eddie Murphy. 
Oh. After stretching the truth on a deal with a spiritual guru, literacy agent Jack McHale finds a Bodhi tree on his property. Its appearance holds a valuable lesson on the consequences of every word he speaks. So I feel like I've seen this. He has a tree in the back, and every time he says like a word, a leaf falls off of the tree. Oh my God, that's terrifying. So he's sitting there with someone having a conversation, and as he's having a conversation, these leaves are just popping off in the cadence that he's talking. And then he finally picks up on it, and he's like, oh shit, all of these leaves. Oh no. <laughs> What's going to happen when the leaves are all off the tree? Oh, well, you'll probably die. Shit. This is basically a twisting of like the giving tree. Kind of, yeah, yeah, I guess. It's actually a really cool plot. I know, and I feel like I saw it, and I don't know that I think it's the worst movie, but then again, I don't even know that I've seen all of it. I just remember that part. You know, I was really just like thinking about bad movies. Like, I feel like between what, probably 2008 till about 2014, they were like, there were so many stupid rom coms made. Right. That was like oh, the yeah. rom com, like, golden age. Right. Like, yes. Friends with Benefits, Valentine's Day, New Year's Eve, like all these like really crappy rom-coms about like young 20-somethings or early 30-somethings that don't want to commit. They don't want to settle down. Right. That was like the gist of a lot of movies between 08 and 2014. They are all bad. No strings attached. Oh, my God. All that. <laughs> There are also a lot of really bad, like straight to Netflix, such like type movies, like you mentioned, Piranha Three DD earlier, Three Double D, uh, Shark vs Tornado, Shark vs Tornado Two, Shark vs Tornado Three, and all these types of kind of silly, silly, <laughs> silly films. The Piranha Three Double D is funny, like that. That poster is pretty classic. He's it got is. some big tits and a bunch of fish. <laughs> After the events at Lake Victoria, the prehistoric school of bloodthirsty piranhas make their way into a newly opened water park. Not quite as good as Jaws 3. Into a water park. <laughs> Wait, how do they get to the water park? Into a water park. That's a closed water system. This movie can't be the worst one. That just sounds too great. Nicholas There's also a big push during this time for like, Paranormal, like first person style, oh, uh, yeah, horror movies. Like that was huge. Paranormal Activity Four came out, or like uh, what yeah. was it? Cloverfield, uh, the Chernobyl Diaries, the Chernobyl Diaries, all that. Like people running around, the cameras just like shaking like crazy. Like blah, 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 like those are pretty big back then too. Yeah, yeah, those go all the way back to like Blair Witch. Also, we've got Taken Two. I think is this a Taken? She got taken again. Is yeah. Is this the one with the like, you know, forty-five second clip with like forty-five edits, like an edit for every uh, every second where he's trying to jump over a, a pretty basic fence? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like the time before they did the John Wick style choreography, you know, and they were really leaning into the action sequence editing. I mean, hey, he uh he has a certain set of skills he's acquired over a long career. I will find things. you. I will kill you. <laughs> but yeah, there's some stinkers in 2012 for sure. That might be a future draft in itself. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what the fuck if I just watched Did you it? watch the Oh my god Did you watch what the, the fuck? Clip? Yeah. Yeah, watch this shit. This is stupid. Oh my god. It's so good. Seriously, y'all. It it just And then oh they put a little slow-mo in there. Why is it so cut together <laughs> like Oh my god. Someone count how many edits that is. Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to get... I'm going to have a seizure. It just ridiculous. looks like they sped it up. It's ridiculous. Oh, my God. They had to get a uh, like an edit for every angle change. Uh, That's D-U-M. That was worth Dumb. it. Yeah. That was worth it. If you get on YouTube and you search Taken 2 Fence Jump, it'll pop you up. You won't be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, that'll wrap up halftime. Dylan, what do you got for us in terms of a recap? Well, Matt has The Avengers and The Hobbit, 
Ben has Django Unchained and Brave. And I have The Dark Knight Rises and Sky- Skyfall. Nice. You're listening to Mount Draftmore, y'all. Mount Draftmore! Round three. It's round three. Dylan, you're... Nope, you're not leading us off. Matt is. All right. So... Don't let us down. With uh, one that... Man, it's just a... It's just... Like, probably... It, it's like the gold standard for historical dramas, which is Lincoln. Lincoln came out in 2012. Daniel Day-Lewis plays Abraham Lincoln. I think this was a Spielberg film, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Spielberg directed it. Is it like, good? All-star cast. You're talking about Daniel Day-Lewis, Tommy Lee Jones, Sally Field, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, James Spader, Hal Holbrook. Like, everybody who is, like, a pretty notable dramatic actor ended up in this movie. And it is probably, like I said, it is probably the gold standard for, like, historical dramas. It tracks basically <coughs> the waning years of the Civil War as Lincoln starts to, like, notice that, you know, the war's coming to a conclusion there needs to be something afterwards. It's all about how do you get the 13th Amendment passed? How do you more or less like start to figure things out, reincorporate the Confederacy back into the Union? Um, And then obviously, spoiler alert, Lincoln dies. Uh, But it's like just dramatic acting at its best. Like nobody really knows what Lincoln would have sounded like because obviously there's no voice recordings back then. But like when you watch this movie and Daniel Day-Lewis is one of the best actors of like of all time. Like he's method actor beyond... Like, that doesn't even do it justice. Like, he he just immerses himself in this role, and you're like, holy shit, like, is that Lincoln? Like, I could really believe what he's putting out there. Like, it's that good of a performance. Obviously, it's not a movie for everybody, because, like, you know, history nerds probably like it, and it's a really long movie, but it is fantastic. The acting's off the charts, just the scene settings, just everything. It, you look, you, it looks like you really put back in time and imagining what it would have really been like for Lincoln to exist and all this going down in the United States at the time. So, awesome movie, great acting, Spielberg's amazing. Got to go with Lincoln. I know someone who saw it and came out and, you know, they I asked them, like, hey, how was that? You know, it was pretty much right after they saw it. And they said, I thought there'd be, like, more action sequences. That's more of a drama than an action, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and, I, you know, I could see, I think the, the way they marketed it, they, they may have led people to believe that. But, yeah, it's it's... It's definitely a historical drama. I still have not seen it. I've got to see it. It's worth it. Yeah, it's it's really good. Damn, Matt Lincoln, huh? Yeah, Lincoln. Going, you had, bro. It's like, y'all just want me to win this draft. What are you talking about? I'm just just talking, man. (laughs) You both both went superhero movies first round, and they're good, but Django, come on. I just can't get off of Django. It's just a banger. Django. Django. I can't say anything about Skyfox. I don't know anything about Bond, dude. But There's I know Komodo about the Dragons. Hobbit, and I know about Brave. Brave's leading all the animated films. So any other animated film is just playing second. That's all I'm saying. And Lincoln, dude, how are you going to pick Lincoln over Argo? Is that what you're taking? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, and that look on your face is like fuck, dude. I don't see. I don't really it remember Argo though. Let me refresh your memory. I, I know it's about that Iran Contra scandal, right? No, it's not. Uh, or the Iran hostage crisis. Yeah, it's the Iran hostage crisis. Seventy-nine militants stormed the U.S. embassy in Tehran, Iran, taking sixty-six American hostages. Amid the chaos, six Americans managed to slip away and find refuge with the Canadian ambassador. Knowing that it's just a matter of time before the refugees are found and likely executed, the U.S. government calls on extractor Tony Mendez, played by Ben Affleck, to rescue them. Mendez's plan is to pose as a Hollywood producer, scouting locations in Iran, and train the refugees to act as his film crew. And then he smuggles them out on the bottom of a plane. Hot damn! And then they deny any U.S. involvement and give all the credit to the Canadians. And at the end of the film, Carter's sitting there watching. He's like, well done. (laughs) Well done. Well done. Well done. This also ruined my presidency, but well done. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because he didn't get the credit. No. No. And And that that hostage crisis lasted for like two months. I think it lasted for 444 days. Really? I thought it was yeah, like a couple months. Maybe. For, yeah. The hostage crisis, I think, lasted for 444 days, and Iran finally released the hostages 
like the the last day he was in office. So he didn't. Yeah, he, he couldn't even go to his reelection campaign. Yep, they're monsters. I do remember though, like bits and pieces of that movie. Dude, they say it's Ben Affleck's best movie. Did he direct it or star in it? Both. Yeah, both. Why doesn't Ben Affleck do more movies? Because he has a dragon on his back. He's scared. Yep. Oh. But yeah, and it won. It was Best Picture that year. The Academy declared, <laughs> and I got it in the third round. One more round, it would have been a super value pick. Man. I know. Well, uh... Daniel Day-Lewis won Best Actor. So, there we, we each got an award there. Oh, yeah? Well, yeah. Brave <laughs> won Best Animated Feature. What's up? And I know Django won some, too. We're just stacking awards. Yeah. All the awards. Dylan, how many awards you got? I don't know. I'm sure I've got some. I'm not... I haven't looked any up. All right. What's your third pick, dude? So, I'm going for... Man, I've talked about Paul Thomas Anderson as being a great director Moonrise before. Uh, no, 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 that's Wes Anderson. Oh. So Paul Thomas Anderson did like Boogie Nights. Um, he's also done, uh, uh, man, I feel like I've got something with magnolias in my head. I don't know if he did that one, but he did uh, Punch Drunk Love with Adam Sandler, which I raved about before. And uh, he also, Daniel Day-Lewis has been in a couple of Paul Thomas Anderson films, I believe. Yes. Um, and uh, great director. So I have to go with the Paul Thomas Anderson film from this year, The Master. Have you all seen that? No. Nope. Oh, man, it's so good. I'm channeling Dustin here. Yep, we the, knew it would happen. Yeah, The Master, it's about an, a World War II naval veteran who arrives home from war unsettled and uncertain of his future. Basically, he's, like, violent, um, and he makes moonshine on the side for like a side hustle and it accidentally kills an elderly colleague that he works with. And a, he, he's a photographer in a department store. So he ends up in San Francisco on this eccentrics yacht played by, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Hoffman, sorry. Uh, walking Phoenix plays the world war two veteran. Phil Moore, Seymour Hoffman, Philip Seymour Hoffman plays the eccentric with the yacht. He's got some money. And so what this guy is advocating, um, what Hoffman's character is advocating is what's called the cause. And the cause resembles da, 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 the church, what will become the church of Scientology. Damn. Yes. Uh-huh. And so it's all about like, dude, Walking Phoenix's character essentially becomes like hired muscle with a gun for Philip Seymour Hoffman's character and their entourage as they travel through um, the U.S., kind of spreading and proselytizing the cause. Um, absolutely wild film. This might have been Hoffman's last film. He was obviously a legendary actor. Uh, I think this might have been his last film. Not positive. Fact check me, please. And, um, oh, God, an amazing film. It only grossed $16.38 million. Um, which is sad. It's number 10 on this list on IMDb because it is it is a really great film. Um, I was blown away when I saw it. I was like, holy shit. Like this is, you know, it's not word for word what happened with the rise of Scientology, but it's like I'm seeing a dramatized version of what happened with the rise of Scientology right now. This is crazy. It's nuts. That cult is nuts. Um, it was wild and and I cannot recommend this film enough. I think this is a great number three pick. I'll have right. to watch it. I haven't seen it, but I'll have to watch it. Yeah, I have to check it out for sure. You check it out too. And that'll wrap up the third round. <laughs> We've got one more ad for you. You know what it is. It's Mount Draftmore, babies. Mount Draftmore. Hi there, high school students. This is a science PSA. I'm here today to talk to you about self-confidence. Have you ever found yourself on the receiving end of a wedgie? Or possibly struggling for air at the bottom of a used toilet bowl filled with excrement? Maybe you just got turned down by a prospective date for prom or homecoming. Oh, so sad. Does even your guidance counselor say they don't see a future for you? I'm here today to say I have a future for you. I have good news. That will change your life forever. Forget about doing laundry and going to the gym. 
throw those needless and hard to achieve habits out the window. Instead, I'd like to consider you volunteering for the opportunity of a lifetime. We, the hardworking scientists at SHIELD, are conducting research experiments on what we're calling the sextuple S formula, or for short, the super soldier serum for super sexy studs. That's right, that's you. This serum is guaranteed to change your physique in mere seconds. With the super soldier serum for super sexy studs, you'll be stronger, faster, and more dazzling to the human eye. Ooh. The Super Soldier Serum for Super Sexy Studs will help you help yourself without lifting a finger. All we need from you is a consent form signed by you and your legal guardians to perform permanent and potentially mind-altering tests using trial-run pharmaceutical drugs not approved by the FDA, whatever. Once you complete these forms, your body will remain the property of the United States military apparatus for a minimum of four years and a maximum of eight the chances of extreme or grotesque physical deformity are small. Only one in four. Only one in four. So march yourself down to your local recruitment office and sign up for the Sextuple S formula, or for short, the Super Soldier Serum for Super Sexy Studs, and improve your self-confidence today. Welcome to the show. Round four. Dylan, last pick. What do you got? Man, I've told y'all how much I love horror movies. Uh, Tell us about it. And it's so rare to get a good one. That's the problem with horror movies. It just, it's so rare to find, uh, I, I don't know if it's director or director-writer combination that just gets it and what needs to be like present itself in a horror film, but it just is, is it doesn't, ha- it's very seldom that this comes to fruition. Came to fruition in 2012 with a little movie called The Cabin in the Woods. Have either of you seen this? I have not. Oh my God. It's such an amazing film. Um, so this movie, here's the IMDb plot, and then I'll explain a little bit more. Five friends go for a break at a remote cabin. Classic scenario. They're all in college age. Uh, where they get more than they bargained for, discovering the truth behind the cabin in the woods. What they don't know is that there are a group of scientists monitoring them in this cabin and releasing different chemicals and substances and changing the whole configuration of the cabin to basically fuck with them. Yeah, that's fucked up. For research. And so it ends up being a horror comedy. Um, And, uh, oh my God, it is brilliant. It is like... Um, I watch it with my wife and she doesn't like horror films generally. And at the end she was like, wow, that was a really good film. <laughs> I cannot recommend this enough. Um, I don't really know what else this person has done, but it was directed by Drew Goddard. I don't, uh, it's got Chris Hemsworth in it. Um, Anna Hutchinson, Fran Kranz, Christian Connolly. If these names mean anything to y'all, they don't mean much to me. Um, <laughs> they don't mean much to me. But uh, it's a great film. Um, and I, you know, if you want to scare but also laugh, you should go watch it because it is crazy. It is an experience. Yeah. Right. I haven't seen too many horror films. I'm just not a big horror film guy. But I don't really care for horror either. Because, like Dylan said, it's so hard for him to get it right. And, and fear is so subjective. Yeah. It is. And that's why I feel like the best horror films have a little bit of comedy in them. Yeah. Like Evil Dead franchise. Oh, I love Evil Dead. Evil Dead 2 is one of my favorite films. It's so good. And it's so good because it's kind of a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> and Dude, that, Bruce Campbell. And what? the goat. Hail so to the funny. king, baby. Yeah. Uh, Army of Darkness. Again, the sequel. Army to of it. Darkness is so funny. So funny. So funny. Not even scary. They don't even no, try. No, it's, it's hilarious. It's like. Yep. It's straight out of, you know, something akin to, like, Spaceballs. Yes. It's so funny. But this is this is scary and funny. So it's channeling Evil Dead 2 in the best way and, and really paying homage to that, you might say. Nice. Oh, yeah. Man, I think for my last pick, I got to go just lean full comedy into it. 
picking some 21 Jump Street. Mm-hmm. Oh, the yeah. The best comedy that came out that year. Best comedy that came out that year. And so my mom grew up on the original 21 Jump Street. So it's the new 21 Jump Street for a new generation. And man, Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill. What a great combination. They have such good chemistry. Such great chemistry. This is right when Jonah Hill's starting to become like skinny Jonah Hill. Well, he's moving away from like, he's still kind of in his primetime comedy phase. He hasn't become a dramatic actor yet. Yeah. But this is like post Super Bad. Like, yeah, he's three years out from Super Bad at this point. Or no, more than that, like five years out, right? Well, he's in his like, he's in his mid 20s by the time this comes yeah. out. Yeah. And so he's really starting to get more serious roles. Yeah. And he's in and Ice Cube and Brie Larson. This is. Great cast of characters. Well, just the premise that they go back to high school and then they like switch roles. Like they're, you know, Jane James not the jock anymore. He's the nerd. Yep, exactly. I haven't seen it. Should I see really? it? Really? Oh, okay, so IMDb, like the description. A pair of underachieving cops are sent back to a local high school to blend in and bring down a synthetic drug ring. That sounds dope. Let's go. Dude, it's pretty dope. And then, yeah, they go back pretending to be brothers. And their identities instantly get mixed up, like, the first day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so then, like, Jonah Hill's supposed to be, like, the athlete on, like, the track star and whatnot. And then, like, yeah, Chang Tim's supposed to be, like, the nerd and, <laughs> like, <laughs> the, the science club and all this. It's good. Yeah, you should it's definitely pretty funny. check it out. A lot of slapstick humor. It's really funny. Nice. And then the second one is just as good. 22 Jump Street. They yeah. just do it in college. The college one's oh, actually nice. arguably funnier. Yeah. Well, you can get into more hijinks oh, in college. Yeah. True. Spring break, baby. Spring break. Oh, damn. Noise. Yep. Matt, your last pick. Last pick. Uh, I'm going to go stick with the drama route. But this movie, I remember seeing this in theaters. Um, and this is this, this came at the time when everybody's really riding the wave of uh, a lot of patriotism. Because Bin Laden had just been killed. So, Zero Dark Thirty. Oh. This movie was actually like, like amazing it like the acting in it and the overall like the action sequences and just like kind of the suspense that you kind of kept on edge the entire movie it's all about like how the cia found out about where bin laden was and then the seal team that goes in and like finishes out the operation um like the acting in it superb jessica chastain plays the like the main agent who this is like her like passion project she's like no i'm on to something i think we have something here i think i know where he is Nobody really believes her for the longest time, but she keeps on it. Um, James Gandolfini plays the, oh, God, the director of the CIA. I forget the name of the actual guy, but the, he, these are all, like, you know, it's based off of true events. And then you have some, like, pretty good actors with the SEAL team. Like, Chris Pratt is one of his first, like, major notable roles. He's in Zero Dark Thirty. You have uh, Jason Clark's in that movie, too. But in general, it's just, like, a good, like, action, suspenseful movie, a little bit of mystery, espionage. And all based on a real, you know, obviously true event. So everybody was like really jacked up about this movie because Bin Laden was killed in what, 2011? And this yeah. came out the next year. Like everybody was like, hell yeah, man, this is a sick movie. And it kind of was a sick movie. Not not going to lie. It had aspects, again, like spy thriller, action, America. Yeah. America. Yeah. They do that, guys. To save the motherfucking day. Yeah. America. Fuck yeah. yeah. And it was also like a realistic movie in the sense of like, you're like, yeah, I could see how this is based on real events. They didn't really shy away from like some of the, like the gnarlier side of things of like what the CIA was doing to find information about Bin Laden. So it was like realistic and it kind of like made you uncomfortable at certain points, but that's kind of the mark of a good movie. It's like, it makes you think, question, wonder, um, maybe make you a little uncomfortable at certain points, make you feel awesome at other points. So this movie had a wide range of emotions that elicited from you. So. Darn good movie. Good acting. Great last pick. That's a value pick in the last round. Oh, yeah. Because you could have picked that second in The Hobbit last. Got them all, though. Got them all. Got them all. Y'all, those are the teams. You know what time it is. Make. Gotta. Make. Make. We gotta make. Make. Make their case. That's right. Uh. Be logical. And clear. Everybody loves the make your case segment. Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Oh God. They, <laughs> You're too they, kind. They, they too kind. Love they love it out here. Dylan, you gotta start making your case. I'm ready. You ready? Y'all, 
I've got a full roster here for your evening of 2012 movies. I've got two blockbusters, an indie flick. Well, I'm calling it indie flick. I don't know if it actually was meant to be, but let's call it indie and a horror comedy, right? So you can end your night laughing and, and maybe, you know, clutching that person you're Netflix and chilling with, right? So let's start with Dark Knight Rises. We want to start the night big. What better way to start than finishing like the best superhero trilogy of all time, right? The Dark Knight trilogy. Oh my God, that movie is so good. Get Watch Batman get his ass beat and then rising. Skyfall, who doesn't love a Bond film? Everything's sexy in it. Ooh, so sexy. Going to watch sad Daniel Craig again, get his ass beat and then rise from the ashes like a phoenix. How about The Master? Ever wondered how Scientology cult was founded the master will guide you through that process in a dramatized way and finally the cabin in the woods we're gonna get some horror comedy and watch some teenagers college age youths get tormented in a funny fashion where you might question your your morals afterwards (laughs) so listen sit down with your loved one watch these films and just know that i'd vote for me and you should too he got it in. I got it in. I went through so long of not getting it. And I, y'all, I came up with that phrase. That's going to be on a t-shirt someday. And I finally got it. And he finally got it. Good job. Everyone's so proud of you. They, the crowd was hyped, dude. I know. I, thank you. So oh my God. Hyped. My turn to go. Let's get this shit. I think I got the best Tarantino movie, period, in Django Unchained. Just a wonderful Western that makes you feel good. And you're just like, yeah, this is a movie for everybody. This is a movie for a little guy who just totally gets oppressed. And then they come back and just murder everyone with pistols ablazing. Saving that loved one from a metal box. I love it. Next, we got Brave. Best animated film of the year. Awesome Pixar film, beautifully animated, wonderful cast of characters, great story, great soundtrack. I mean, you can't go wrong with Brave. Everybody loves Brave, except for the people who don't know about it, because it definitely gets slept on. Like, she's a princess, but not like a princessy princess. You got to respect that. Definitely a 20-aughts princess. Then Argo, we're talking about historical dramas. Lincoln, eh, it's okay. It's okay. The master, yeah, it's all right. But let's talk about some 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 hostages in Iran in the late seventies. Jimmy Carter time, baby. Hollywood, baby, smuggling out them people. This is a this is a wonderful film. Won an Oscar. Check it out. Ben Affleck's best. And then Twenty One Jump Street, y'all. Channing Tatum, Jonah Hill, Ice Cube. Nothing else needs to be said. Comedy gold. I'd vote for me. And you should vote for me, too, on Instagram, of course. Go there and vote. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Matt, you ready to go? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, so to recap my team here, I got the Avengers, the Hobbit, and Unexpected Journey, Lincoln, and Zero Dark Thirty. Let's start off with the Avengers. I mean, talk about such a monumental summer blockbuster that blew people's minds. A superhero team-up that had yet to be seen before, especially with actual, like, realistic scripts and dramatic acting and teamwork and action and CGI, real effects, all the above. This is what Marvel was building towards, and it set them in a completely different direction. Super important movie, and just love it off Love it to death, um, even after all these years. Next up, The Hobbit, and Unexpected Journey. One of the better Hobbit movies in the trilogy that came out not too long ago. This one, obviously, Bilbo with Martin Freeman as the actor. Amazing. You got Gandalf returning to your Ian McKellen. You got the band of characters with all the dwarves that are looking to go back to the mountain to defeat Smaug eventually. Just a bunch of hijinks. It's silly, but it's a fun watch, and it kind of, you know, really kind of gets to who Bilbo is and his significance and obviously they get to the ring and golem at the end uh next up Lincoln I mean talk about the gold standard for historical drama this is what you could imagine 1865 would have been like what Lincoln would have been like the acting superb the cast is amazing and it really makes you think about what that period of time was actually like in a realistic kind of a way and then last but not least Zero Dark Thirty 
talk about a little bit of a CIA spy thriller that also involves a little bit more action about real events that happened the year prior with the hunt for Bin Laden and eventually the SEAL Team 6 raid. I'd vote for me. You should too on Instagram. Thank you. Very concise. Great job, dude. That was... Had to get done. That was good. You got it in there. You got it in. And that's what's most important is just getting it in. Y'all, that's going to do it for us here at Mount Draftmore. The teams are set. Now it's your time. Now is your time to go to Instagram and vote for one of us. You can only vote for one. So, you know, make sure you make the right pick. It's not going to be hard this time. We made it pretty easy. <clears throat> Guys, got anything to share? Anything you want to drop? We love you. We appreciate you. Yeah. Keep on coming back. Yep. Don't uh, don't join the Church of Scientology. Yeah, those are words of wisdom. Thanks, as always, for listening. We appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to listen to us because we're just a couple knuckleheads talking about anything and everything. And it's it's awesome that you listen. We would love for you to contribute. If you have any ideas for drafts that we can do in the future, let us know by giving us a comment on either... what twi- On Twitter, at Draftmore. And Instagram, at Mount Draftmore. You can also send us emails, gmail.com, mountdraftmore at gmail.com. Uh, you can also check us out on YouTube. Comments are live. Episodes are live. Check them out. Those aren't just words. They're posting every week the same time that this posts on Pandora and Spotify and everything. So that's going to do it here. Mount Draftmore. We'll see you here again next week. Thanks, as always. Until then, be safe. Peace. Peace.